five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Nice to be in orbit. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to Cluck. <laughs> that, that, that came out. That came out weird. <laughs> the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy because we can. Ted, how are you, my man? Man, I'm good. I uh, I'm good. I wrapped the semester up yesterday, so feeling a little freer. Free and clear. A little free and clear over here. Look now this you. is this is like grade dispute season. So uh, so I'm waiting oh, on the, okay. the angsty email or two that, that I always can kind of set my watch by. So like now now it's usually the parents that send the email, right? Dude, or is I, it the kids? By like God's l- grace, l- l- man. Like do you have the kids manning up and actually like getting on their knees and well and begging themselves? They they will they will do some of that. By God's grace, I haven't had to deal with the angsty parent thing, and I'm I'm knocking on wood all That's over nice. the place here in my studio. But uh, yeah. and and by God's grace again, like this season usually goes pretty smoothly for me. But um, Good. and I I, Good. I don't know. I feel things deeply. I care like relationally about these kids. So. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, I want everybody to leave with like good vibes and and satisfaction. And I would say, by and large, most of them they end up getting the grade that they feel like they deserve to get. Um, but every once in a while, dude, and this isn't a referendum on our college or, or even college kids in 2021. Yeah. It's there's always some delusional ones, and even in the adult, sure, where where yeah. like like the. The C plus comes out of nowhere, and they're like, "I didn't see this coming." Right? Like, I thought I, I, I like uh, I thought I was your favorite student. Well, it, yeah, and it's an interesting like conversation about how we perceive ourselves, right? Because sure. yeah. there's a there's a certain kind of painful moment that happens in adulthood that it's painful, but it's ultimately good, and it's the moment where you see yourself for what you actually are. Okay, and it's like this is this is who I am. You know, I no longer sure. think of myself as like the guy who's going to get a phone call from the, the the Green Bay Packers next week. You know what I mean? Like, that call's right, not coming. Right, yeah. It doesn't mean my yeah. life sucks. It doesn't mean I suck. It just means that, like... Well, it just means you suck at football. Yeah, well, uh, it, it doesn't even know, mean that you know, I suck at football. <laughs> it just means that I'm not good enough to get that call. You know what there I mean? There you go. Yeah. And yeah, it's all perspective. It's all perspective. But, like, yeah. in, the, in the college business, you'll run into people who... They're really kind of C-plus students but they perceive themselves as like a plus students right and i just right on an academic level like i wonder how that happens like how do you navigate through life with blinders on to such a degree and i see it in adults too right i mean you see it in like people our age and uh it's, it's a funny thing to think about you know what i'm saying well i think it's like a i mean it's got to be something that starts as like at childhood right yeah because i think we and I know this is like the the really easy thing to make fun of where it's just it's the generation where everyone gets a trophy sure. right? and like yeah. and everyone's a winner and everyone's this right. Yeah. And, and any like we we despise losing or feeling bad so much yeah. 
that we just create for ourselves an environment in a world where we never have to experience it. Yeah. But then that world only goes so far because like corporate America and education, at least the most of education, yeah. uh, it's still a pass or fail system. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we haven't like we we haven't sunk that low in the majority of society yet. So you have yeah. like real world yeah. and then the world's people grew up in colliding yeah. and it's usually at college. <laughs> well, yeah, life is a pass and fail system in the sense that like not every book proposal that you dangle out gets picked up for a huge sum of money. You know what I mean? So like you're, right. there's right. If you're getting reps in, in any industry, there's going to be failure attached to it, you know, and like teaching our kids how to fail well, especially our kids who are Christians. Right. So teaching our kids how to fail well, and not see it as a referendum on the rest of their life and not see it as a referendum on their personhood. Like that's, that's important work for parents. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's this weird tipping point too in life where you spend a lot of years thinking about your own failure. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I have to think about this in the context of my kids now. And it kind of helps you think about it in the context of yourself. I don't know. It's a good thing. And in God's economy, it's not arbitrary and it's not for nothing, you know, that, that we do fail from time to time. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, it's for that reason that I'm so thankful. Like my parents forced me to do sports Yeah, because there were times they had to force me to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Because, you know, even though my, my wrestling coach wasn't a Christian, right. I mean, he was a great guy, but, but I learned so much just about life. Yeah. In Absolutely. that wrestling room, yeah, where you're dog tired and you have your coach looking at you and saying it's completely mental, yeah, right, like pay, <laughs> yeah. like like you you being tired right now mm-hmm. is mental, absolutely. And if you make the decision right now, you cannot be tired, yeah. And then just that switch that happens in the head, yeah, where it's the end of the third round, mm-hmm. you're tired, the guy's mm-hmm. on top, and mm-hmm. you have to escape because you're behind by one. You yeah. have a choice; you can yeah. just flatten out, yeah. And wuss out for the remaining 30 seconds. Yeah. Or you can tell yourself, I'm not tired. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and get the stand up, reverse it and, and, and get your point. Right. And just mm-hmm. like, just, just that mental tough. And you know what? That's what it is. It's mental toughness. It is. And it's such a great lesson by your, by your coach, right? Like he did you guys a real favor by teaching you that. And those are lessons that you take with you through the rest of your life. And and for me, it was football and it was the same type of lessons, right? It's, yeah. It's yeah. the end of practice. It's a hundred degrees out. We're running sprints. Everybody yeah, wants to dude, flop yes. down on the grass and just die. But Ugh. like you, you figure out a way to put one foot in front of the other and keep doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, right. so much of life is like that. And I think wrestling even to a greater degree, it's such a courageous thing to go out onto a mat alone. You know what I mean? Like you're out there by yourself. And I boxed, so I, I kind of got that feeling. Yeah, yeah, in the, same, in the, same thing. Yeah, in the ring and like everybody's looking at you and there's nowhere to hide, you know? Right. Like if it goes south, right. it's going south and you're alone, you know? Yep. And I yep. really respect people who do it. Even people who do it and are bad at it, I super respect it, dude. Because um, it takes such balls just to get out there. See, I would say the people that are bad at it are more courageous. Yeah. Because because it it takes a certain level of courage. Yeah. to go out 
time and time again to do something that you know you're not good at and that yeah. you will most likely fail, but 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 you want to do it anyway. Yeah. Then then the person who does it where it just comes naturally to them and they're yeah. and, and they're a savant at it. Right. right? Because yeah. because you have those guys in sports and you gotta have those guys in wrestling. Like Absolutely. I had I had quite a few guys in my grade where it was just it was it was like breathing to them. Yeah, like this guy They'd is go going out, to be good at this, you know. Hundred percent. And then yes, they go on to win the state title, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's fine, right? But but that wasn't me. Yeah, like it didn't come naturally to me. I had to work mm-hmm. so hard. And, and and again, like I wasn't I wasn't the best wrestler. Yeah, right. I ended up being ranked in state my senior year, which isn't yeah. a huge thing in, in in you know single A schools. Yeah, but 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 I but I remember being jealous uh-huh. of those kids. Yeah. Right. And just like, like asking the Lord, like, like God, like, why didn't you give me yeah. what freaking Brandon has over here? Exactly. Right. Because yeah. he can just go out there and lift the dude up, flip him over and pin him. Like, right. like, why did you make it hard for me? I you know, know it. I know. Um, it. It's, it's such just, a, it's, a, it's, it's crazy. It's such a great, like, if, if we're leaning into this motif of learning who you are, right. And being, sure, yeah, yeah. being unmistaken in terms of who you are and how you perceive yourself, like the culture would call that a bad thing, but like. I actually think it's freeing. I think it's a good thing. And yeah, with the with the added kind of perspective of adulthood, if I'm sitting in that gym watching high school you wrestle and I know that you're limited physically and there's there's other guys that are more gifted, I mean, I, I have mad respect for that, right? Like I just have insane amounts of respect for it. And I've coached enough and I've coached enough guys who are limited physically you're really happy for those guys. Like when those guys get it. Yeah. Like those are the, this this is an interesting thing as a coach. Those are the stories that I end up retelling the most. The stories of the limited guys who you put them in in a really high leverage situation and they make a play. Like that makes you the happiest as a coach. And those are the the ones that you celebrate and you like, you give that guy a hug and you're like crying after the game. You oh, know. dude, dude. So, oh man. Okay, so I have to, I have to share this story. Yeah, do it. This, this is, this is exactly like this is this came to mind. Uh-huh. It's my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. I'm wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm horrible. Yeah. Right. I'm wrestling weight one forty five. Wow, dude, you were okay. a little guy. I was tiny. Yeah. Tiny. Well, well, and I shouldn't have been that tiny. Sure. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So, so I'm dudes. wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I had to cut weight because our our varsity one forty five guy got hurt. Yeah. Um, so I'm JV yeah. and I get the calls like, Hey, you're, you're varsity now. And I'm like, yeah. as a freshman, it's yeah. terrifying me. Right. Oh, for sure. So, so I'm scared. Right. And, uh, and I'll be honest, I did not win a single match the entire year. Sure. Until it was my, it, it was my final match oh. at, 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 at districts okay. to get into regionals. Okay. So I had won. So I had won by like forfeit my first match at districts, and and it got to the point where here's this scrawny one forty five scared out of his mind freshman kid. Yeah, and you have one match. If you win this, you get to go to regionals with the rest of varsity. Oh man! If you lose, you know your season's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, I walked out there. I was so scared. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what happened, but like. You know, like the, the, like the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got this kid in an underhook, mm-hmm. and I flipped him up, and and it wasn't just a like we rolled to the ground. It was yeah. a his shoulders hit the ground first. Yeah, wow. And I stuck him. Oh. And the team went nuts oh, because dude. here's this kid who <laughs> had not won a single match 
all year oh. and he wins the match to go to regionals i got up and i was screaming i was yelling my coach was going nuts yeah. i ran over and like like i did the thing where i like i sprinted to my coach and i like jumped on him right yeah. and he's yeah. just oh dude it was just it was it was one of the most iconic moments in my entire wrestling career and then obviously right went on to regionals to and just got my rear end handed to me right <laughs> yeah but for sure. but but it's just so special oh, because it, is. it was like it's it so was a special. glimpse it was yeah. a glimpse of it you know well and it's not it's not as special if you don't lose all those other matches you know what i mean yeah and that's right a, that's a thing that you and those guys will like take with you for the rest of your lives like if you if you run into one of those dudes in town in 25 years like you're talking yeah. about that you know right um right. and people who well, don't and, live in the world of athletics like they don't they don't understand it they see it as a zero-sum game where if you lose matches you know it's it's this devastating thing but like at the end of the day sports delivered that moment for you it delivered that memory for you and that's really special well and and that that feeling Mm -hmm. is something that those wrestling savants in my class will never experience that's it that's it yeah wrestling in a way and not to get all like gospel coalition on it but like yeah, tell me, tell me eight reasons why wrestling's like the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have eight reasons. I have, I have one, and it's and it's helpful, right? It's helpful for you right now. It's helpful for Christians who are suffering in that, like, sports teaches you how to suffer, um, yeah. or it can start teaching you how to suffer in the sense that, like, all those hot practices in the wrestling room, or, or for me, all the summer two a days in football, and you're hurting, and your every aspect of your body hurts your hair hurts your mouth hurts like yeah. your feet yeah. from head to toe you're just suffering and you keep you keep doing it if you value it and and then even the suffering of like losing or losing face or losing esteem or making a mistake or whatever and having to grapple with that um it does prepare you for college it prepares you for adult life you know and if you learn to do it well, right? So if you learn to do it through the lens of Christ and the gospel, um, then when you're an adult and stuff goes south in your work life or your marriage or whatever, you're more equipped to kind of deal with it in the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So yep. I, yep, 100%. I see a lot of value in it. And um, it's it's funny to have to explain that to people. And especially like parents my age... Josh, who just wants so desperately to have the sports experience go perfectly for their kid, you know, right. and they want to micromanage it and they want to squeeze the the life out of it and they want it to be so perfect when in fact all the magical stuff happens when it's not perfect, you know? Yeah, that's um, true. And that's true. I don't know. I just love it, dude. I'm, I, yeah. I keep going back to it, you know, kind of against all logic. It, uh, yeah. it always draws me back in. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, Ted, sticking in the same vein, yeah. um, you gave me a little homework to do last ep, and oh, I, I followed did, through. I? I looked up, I looked up, uh, and, I, and I want to do a few minutes on Steve Entman. Yes, dude. My guy, Steve Entman. Okay, Steve Entman. So yeah. so I pulled Steve Entman up because, granted, uh, I didn't know a lot about Steve Entman. Okay. One, because I I, I went I went to Wazoo, yeah. not University of Washington. Oh, so okay. So I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big University of Washington uh, guy, sure. Um, but the Cougs did beat the Huskies this year, solidly. So I was very happy about that, dude. So like, fifteen seconds on the Cougs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were my night game team like 
three or four years ago when Gardner Minshew was there. So I, I always have oh, a West okay. Coast night game team that I take on so that I can go. watch like the first quarter and a half of that that 1030 game on ESPN. And right. um, I got really into Minshew. I was really excited because Mike Leach was your coach. Yep. And I was really yep. I was reading a bunch of books about like the air raid and, and like run game in, in the air raid. And I was getting really into it. Yeah. And uh, so I was really into the Cougs for a couple of years. And um, yeah. that was a that was a fun time. And then Leach left and Minshew graduated and, and I kind of moved on. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's my 15 seconds on the Cougs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a phrase out here. You know, if if you screwed up majorly, we say you cooged it. You cooged Just, it. That's tough, dude. <laughs> that's, dude, <laughs> that's what we say. Yeah. It's like, oh, give them give them a sec. They'll coog it. They'll coog um, because, it. Because because we are we are notorious for blowing leads and uh, all, all all manner of horrible shenanigans. But anyway, Steve Edmond. Yeah. yeah. Um, so fantastic. Like Hall of Fame college oh, lineman, right? Yeah, yeah. great guy. Uh, in, um, inducted in 2006 to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for for uh, the Huskies. But but I had a question for you Go. because as I'm reading, like I read a short, just just kind of overview of his career. Mm-hmm. And not to bring up you know any any painful past or anything. No, but, no. Go. But is one of the reasons you like. Entman uh-huh. is because his story in some ways emulates yours. Yes. Uh, what an insightful question by you. So, yeah, it is, Josh. And I've got like weird life overlap with Steve Entman in a lot of ways. So I'll just kind of walk you through it. Yeah. So when Entman was at UW, I was in high school and I was watching him and he was one of, again, a handful of like cool looking white athletes. He was huge. He was strong. Yep. Very, very Brian Bosworth-esque. Yeah, he had the, the ne- short hair. He had the short hair. He had the neck roll. The neck roll, yeah. He looked awesome in his uniform. And when I would watch him in games, he was unblockable. Like he was just destroying yep. people. And I kind of, I'm one of these athletes that like, I'm an assimilator. Like if I watch somebody do something on tape and I like it, I can I can go out and replicate it pretty easily, um, yeah. and I started like incorporating Impman stuff into my own game, and I started like pulling his pictures out of Sports Illustrated and putting them up on my kind of wall of fame in the room next to the sure, Boz sure. and like Tony Mandarich and some of those guys that I loved, and so I followed him, and then what happened? So I'm in I'm in East Central Indiana at this point, a little town called Hartford City, Blackford yeah. High School. And Impman graduates from UW and he gets drafted by the Colts, which is like my hometown team. It's an hour away. So, and every summer, my dad and I would go to training camp in Anderson, Indiana and watch the Colts. And and every year, my folks would, they would spring for one set of tickets to a Colts game. And my dad and I would always, we'd make the pilgrimage down to Indy and we'd go to a Colts game together. And those are some of my best memories in life. And I loved Impman, but this poor guy was just snake bit by injuries like it was one thing after another it was like a blown acl one year and like a neck thing the next year and pops and i would watch him at training camp just destroying people and we'd be like oh my gosh this guy's gonna be a hall of famer and then something would happen and then like he was relegated to and i'm getting deep into the weeds here but he was relegated to like some adjacent empty practice field where he and the strength coach would be doing these bizarre like rehab endeavors to try to get his body back. And he was such a thoroughbred. And there was such a pained look on his face. And it was like yeah. existential pain. 
not just yeah. my body hurts. It was like my my life hurts. And then yeah. I graduate high school in the summer between when I was in high school and when I start playing college football, I go to work as a ball boy for the Colts at their training camp. And Emmons oh, there. And oh, so man. like he didn't say much. He was a super quiet dude, but he was cool and he was nice to me. And yeah. there was like one time that I ate at the same table as him at lunch. And then there were times where like I'd be lifting in their weight room at night and M.M. would be in there and we would exchange pleasantries. And like I was proud of how strong I was back then. And I, I would try to sure, impress sure. him and I'm putting extra plates on the on the bar in the weight room. And it was like it was one of these sliding doors moments where I'm sh- I'm sure beyond a shadow of a doubt, he has no idea who I am. Sure, but like he sure, was a really sure. important figure in my life. And I was really blown away by how hard he worked even though his career yeah. didn't yeah. didn't amount to much in the world's eyes like he was a he he was kind of a light for me kind of a lighthouse kind of a like a an aspirational guy in terms of how he carried himself how hard he worked uh he had the first like Humvee that I ever saw in real life like <laughs> dude remember when Humvees were yes like, dude like just a, a massive thing dude so there were there were two vehicles that summer and and Josh keep in mind too and we're getting way deep into the weeds digression wise on this it was the first time I had ever been around rich people sure so like sure, going sure. Yeah, to work yeah. with the Colts and being around all these pro athletes and like yeah. seeing their cars and that was the year that kind of starstruck a little yeah bit. that was the year yeah. that Marshall Falk was a rookie Okay, and so Marshall okay. Falk was there, and Trev Alberts, and Impman, and these guys all had ama- amazing cars, and it was kind of the very beginning, Josh, of SUVs. Like nobody yeah. really had SUVs, yeah. and the Ford Explorer was brand new that year, and so a lot of guys had Explorers, and a lot of guys had not a lot of guys actually. Impman was the only guy that had a Humvee, and it was like a military grade one. It was super stripped down and uh. low-fi, but it was like the perfect vehicle for him because it was big and ominous in the same way Dude, that he can you was. Imagine, can you, can you imagine the, like there was a time where Ford Explorers were the hot car? Yeah. Like, yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Dude, you know what would fill me with unspeakable delight is if somehow Intman would listen to this episode and yeah. hear me like saying kind fawning things about him and about his career. Oh, yeah. It would fill me with like, massive amounts of gratification just to encourage him in that way. You know what I mean? Because like, again, and this is a thing that like pisses me off to no end when I read those April like draft bust, you know, articles about guys who didn't make it and he gets on there. It's like, no, you didn't see like, you didn't see how good he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. This guy well, was not. A he was amazing. He was so first, good. First round draft pick as a lineman. Yeah. I think he was a, if I'm not wrong, Josh, I think he was a number one overall draft pick as a defensive yeah. tackle. Yeah. He went yeah, number he one overall in the draft. And, um, yeah, it was just a monster. Which and is which is which is unheard. Like that's rare. It's very rare. It, it's it's you know? le- it was less rare back then, but it's I mean it's extremely rare now. Yeah, and you look at somebody like Aaron Donald, who if you could redraft his year, he would go number one overall for sure as a, as an interior defensive lineman. But yeah, it was it was way rare, and um, you know he's one of those guys that like I look back on that summer, and there's a handful of guys that I think about from that yeah. summer and he's he's one of them and it was such a weird special summer and a cool opportunity to be able to do it and uh here, here's a crazy story from that summer and then yeah. we can get back on him and stuff um 
and and this is pre knowing Christ me, right? Like I wasn't really sure, walking with sure. the Lord at that time. I, I was living for myself and my own achievements. And I wanted to go to the NFL as a player. And I put on a pedestal the experience of like signing an autograph. I thought that if I could sign an autograph in my life, it would mean that I was somebody and I wasn't a bum and right. that I existed, that I was on the planet, that someone cared about me, you know? Sure, um, sure. So that was aspirational, right? And right, yeah, of course. So one night, I'm working out on the field in the evening. I'm running sprints by myself or whatever. And I've got team gear on, team issue gear as a ball boy that we wore the same stuff the players wore. And uh, so I got this team gear on and I'm out there running sprints. And at, at that point in my life, like I looked like an NFL player. I don't know. I was sure, like 6'2", sure. 250, 245, whatever, pretty well put together. And I'm walking off the practice field and this carload of like local like towny girls pulls up. Oh, dude. These like giggly towny girls, they pull up and they think I'm a Colts player, right? Yeah. You rolled with it, didn't you? Josh, I rolled with it, which I'm kind of ashamed (laughs) of, right? So they pulled up. I was going to ask, like, how does that make you feel now? Being a grown man. Yeah. It's shameful, but it's kind of funny at the same time. It's just a funny story. Yeah, of course. So they roll the window down and they're like, can we have your autograph? And it was it was very much a moment of truth because in in my flesh I was like, I want to do this and see how it feels. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to see sure, what it feels sure. like to sign an autograph. Like it must feel amazing, right? And then I was like, or I could do like the super awkward eight minutes of like trying to explain to them that I'm actually nobody. I'm actually a high school kid from like thirty five right. miles down the road. You know, our right. high schools probably played each other. You know, yeah, yeah. and like I'm nobody, but I did. I signed it and. Um, how did it feel? In my flesh, it felt good. I mean, it was the yeah. classic, like, whenever you're gratifying your flesh, it feels good in the moment, but then sure. you you feel like a piece of crap shortly thereafter, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that's, right, right. that was exactly the experience. Now, now, you know? now, did you, did you, because, because I did this in high school as well. Okay. So for me, I was going to be a famous heavy metal drummer. Okay. Cool. That's that's yeah. what I wanted to be. I wanted to tour the world. I yes, wanted to dude. play music. I wanted to like. What an like, awesome I'm, dream! That's super like, fun. Oh, dude, yeah. I want and the, and dude, you know, I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah, there's a small part of me that still wants that. I don't blame you. Like, one like iota. if I was yeah. offered, if somebody like watched like one of my videos drumming or something like that, and they were like, you know what, dude, we want you for our band. We've got yeah. a we've got a European tour coming up. It's going to be packed. We need somebody just to learn our music. I'd be dude. There would be so much of me. Or like if it'd be like. Guy oh. from Dream Theater, like, you know, falls down and breaks his wrist skateboarding or whatever. <laughs> yes, of course. They're yeah, like, hey, we saw your videos. You're the yeah. guy, you know. Right, um, right. Oh, dude, like that would be so. Dude, so, let me, okay. Let me go 10 seconds and ask you a question on that. Because okay. okay. I, I want right, to yeah, yeah. hear more about that because yeah. I'm a guy, Josh, who like loved to dream. And I would yeah. have little dreams like that. And. And this is shameful on my end because of how old I am. But like up until eight or nine or ten years ago, I would still have that dream with long snapping. Like I yeah. knew I wasn't going to play linebacker in the NFL anymore, but I was snapping really well and I was snapping at a really high level. And I thought like maybe one thing would lead to another and I would get a cup of coffee as a long snapper at age 35 or whatever because I was still sure. in sure. I was in good shape. I was the right size, you know. And it was it was really fun to dream about that. 
Yeah. And actually, yeah. it was fun to dream about it when I was slogging away at other things that were hard in my life. And I don't know, like, what's your... But but point being, I don't do that anymore. Sure. And I miss it. And I would like to get that back somehow. I, I, I wanted to ask you, what's your relationship with those kinds of dreams? I mean... If that's not too vague of a question. No, 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 I get it. Yeah. I, I think I think there's, I mean, all of those dreams that I had as a kid, like, I think as much as I want to dream those again, like, yeah. I know they're not going to happen, yeah. right? And and it might just be that cynical part of me where it's just like, yeah, yeah you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But, but um, like, I found, I found myself kind of, kind of uh, uh, narrowing the focus a little bit on mm-hmm. like what I allow myself to dream about. Okay. Because I'm like such a sucker for disappointment, you know? Yeah, so and, me and, too. And, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like I, I will, I will set my sights so low so that I, mm. just so that I won't be disappointed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Um, yeah. And, and that's probably not a good thing, you know? And yeah. again, like I'm not, I'm not this like prosperity Christian guys, like, you know, name it and claim it, believe yeah. it and receive it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's total crap, mm-hmm. but I, but I don't think there's anything wrong with, with, with hoping, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. with, with expecting the Lord to give you the desires of your heart, right? Yeah. Because like he promises to. Yes. Yeah, right? that's right. And 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 I struggle with not not believing that theologically. Oh, I know but, where you're going and I but, agree. But actually yeah. like living like practically showing that I believe it. No, that's so huge, man. And like I'm right there with you. And so I, I think cynicism is just a way of keeping disappointment at bay, right? It's it's sinfully what our hearts do yeah. when we're afraid to hope, right? So if we're, we're if we're kind of viewing things through that lens, I feel the same way. In that, so like one of them right now, and KK KK and I, she's my wife. If you're new to the program, um, I love her just desperately for so many reasons. But one of my favorite ones is that every morning we get our coffees, we sit in the same little corner of our living room and we read the word together and we pray. And, you know, we're praying for a lot of weighty things right now and family members and just people in our church and things that are hard. But then like, I look at a desire of my heart, like I'd like to play a little more semi-pro football because I played in a game about a month ago and I felt amazing. And I played really, really well. And I'm like huh, I'm in really good shape. I'd like to have that experience again. I'd like I'd like this thing that like from a sinfulness standpoint is is value neutral. Like I think I've dealt with football and the the idolatry of football to such a degree where I can do it now and not have it be an ultimate thing and not have it be an idol. Yeah. So I look at this desire in my heart and I go it's probably dumb. It's probably value neutral. Um, at best, it would maybe provide some discipleship opportunities, but probably not. I mean, it's probably just a thing I want to do. So I look at it and I go, how much do I hope for this? And is it the kind of desire in my heart that the Lord's going to give me? And if he doesn't, I'd be mildly disappointed, but honestly, okay with it. But if I had it, it would be kind of a fun thing to think about and dream about and it would make my workouts a little bit better and it would be a thing to look forward to. You know what I mean? And maybe drumming would be 
similar for you in the sense that maybe you're not touring with Dream Theater, but maybe some band in Seattle that plays bars, that plays prog rock would would hire you to drum once a month. And it would be a sure. a fun thing to think about when you're grinding away at the other kind of less enlivening aspects of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, I had, you know, so I've got a real good friend out here who, um, who I talk with frequently, you know, and, and, and just kind of sharing with him kind of the same things, just, you know, disappointments in, in just life disappointments mm-hmm. in uh, churches and uh, uh, ministry opportunities and things like that, mm-hmm. and 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 I mean I won't forget it. He looked at me yeah. and he goes, "Josh," and I mm-hmm. go, "Yeah," <laughs> and he goes, "It is not a bad thing to hope." Ah, uh, what a good word, dude! What a good friend. And like, and and I, yeah, I mean, yes, fantastic word, fantastic friend. I love yeah. him to death. Yeah, but. Like a hundred percent real talk. Yeah, I struggle so much with hope because I have had, and again, like not to be a Debbie Downer, yeah. but so many things in my life I have put my hope in the Lord in in His will and providence that I I don't understand, but I believe is good. Yeah, has taken them away, mm. and those hopes have been dashed, mm-hmm. and like like time and time again, just thrown on the concrete, right, and and yeah, crushed like chalk. Yeah, dude. I'm- uh, I'm sorry. Like as a friend, well, I'm just I'm sorry that happened, but I can relate because I've had yeah. stuff like that too. But but like that that doesn't like 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 sit sitting in that, right? Yeah. Like sitting in that like, well, I mean, it's not gonna happen anyway, so might as well not 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 hope about like that that's not a good alternative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like like as much as it like as much as it hurts and as much as it might be like super frustrating and, yeah. and gut wrenching to do, like yeah. you have to have something to hope in again. You do. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the Lord again, as I get older and I grow in the faith and I hopefully grow in maturity, I see the Lord providing more of those things for me to hope in. Yeah. And there are things where the hopes and the expectations are grounded in some of the right things, right? So it's it's right, less about right. ego gratification, and we joke about my ego and stuff on the show, but sure, like, sure, sure. it's less about ego gratification and more about like looking forward to more of the right things for the right reasons. And right. yeah, but this is a huge one. I think this is a huge one in terms of what it's like for a man to get older. And I know some men in my life who are older and who have grown pretty deeply cynical. And I think mm-hmm. it's because of the pathology that you just described. So you yeah. get some hopes dashed. You go through that kind of grist mill of, of having a dream die. And you come out the other side of it, sometimes even as a Christian, as a deeply cynical person. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. It's, one of the, it's one of the seminal like sin struggles in my life. And I... I am I am reminded by my wife and other good friends to like not not revert back to being like the old me in terms of some of those things. But I yeah. have to fight it, you know. I have to mortify yeah. that often, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so I mean, obviously, I don't want to leave this up on a downer because it's been yeah. some some pretty heavy stuff, right? So, yeah. I mean, but but l- let's follow this train. Like, okay. like, what are some things in your life right now? Yeah, that you're looking at. Yeah, that that bring you some of that hope that bring you some of that excitement like uh, like are there projects in your life that you're working yeah. on business ventures yeah what are some of those things in your life right now that the lord has kind of put in front of you as sure. as a as something to you know give you some energy really good question um 
honestly, they're not they're not big things. They're not big career things like that. That's okay. Um, yeah. One is is hoping to play a little more semi pro football. Yeah. Um, another is just and let, let me see if you relate to this as an athlete or an ex athlete or whatever. Yeah. For me, there there was this weird quest for perfection element of athletics that I still find really compelling. So I'll, one of the fun things that I do, and this is dumb and dorky and not even like remotely cool, I'll take a football and I just, I just bought a new NFL football, which I'm like, I have the excitement of a child about it. <laughs> and I'll take it and I'll go into the field house on our campus, which is this nice like field turf room with nets and stuff that the baseball team uses. And I'll just snap. And I'll try yeah. to snap perfectly. And yeah. when I have a good snapping day, I feel good. And um, yeah, right. it's stupid, but it but it kind of keeps me going in some ways. And so I've got that. And I've got like my work with Lane College, which is a small HBCU here in town, uh, historically black college. We play, we play schools like Morehouse. We play Tuskegee. Um, I work with a special teams unit there. Uh, snappers, kickers, and punters. And dude, I love those guys. I have yeah. like deep yeah. affection for those guys as people. And they've been in my home. We we enjoy each other. And like, I can't wait until spring ball when we get to be together again. And at the end of every practice that I'm at with those guys, like I always run the sprints with them. So we talk, we talked at the top of the show about like sprints and how miserable they were when I was right. young and now that I'm old, dude, and I'm washed up, I can't wait to run sprints with those guys at the end of practice. Yeah. And I'm bent over and I'm sucking wind and sweating right along with them. And I think yep. they they enjoy that I run the sprints with them. Like I think well, it's of course, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice for them. And honestly, I'm just doing it for the workout and I'm doing it because I love being with them. And I love pushing myself still and seeing if I can keep up with college athletes. And um I look forward to that and it's gratifying and it's a hopeful thing to like be with these guys and talk about life with them and it brings me a lot of joy. So so those are a few things that that I look at and none of them are really like ooh a book deal and and like my own book deals don't even excite me anymore. I don't get I don't get super <laughs> jazzed about that. One of them that's like my white whale on the horizon is um this movie that I made Silverdome that yeah. I wrote it a long time ago. Um, I've talked about this on the other shows, but maybe people who listen to Cluck don't listen to the other shows. So I, I wrote this movie about the Pontiac Silverdome, which was where the Detroit Lions used to play. Right. Led Zeppelin played there, the Pope, the Detroit Pistons, yeah. all the great bands. I mean, it, it was a huge, magnificent domed venue in like the 70s and 80s. And the Lions moved out of it in like 2000. And it just sat there empty for like a decade and a half, like falling apart. So I wrote this this feature film, this drama about a guy, an ex-player who like goes back there to live as a squatter and his wife finds him and they reconcile and the, and the whole thing. It's a really simple, sweet kind of drama. And sure, uh, sure. we made it and I made it with a guy named Glenn who used to play in the NFL, who's like uh, devastatingly handsome now and an actor. <laughs> and uh, I made it with Glenn and Cliff Kingsbury, who's now the Arizona Cardinals coach, was one of our executive producers on it. And we were really excited. Yeah. And 
wrote the script and everybody loved it and we made we shot it and it's been it's just been mired in post production for like six years and I'm embarrassed now I'm embarrassed by how long it's taken to finish it and it's something that like every once every once in a while I'll catch myself dreaming about Silverdome being released and sure, um, sure. I, 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 I do still have hope for it you know what I mean yeah, kind of yeah against all logic and in spite of myself I hope and uh that's a that's a big one that I think about from time to time. Oh, we need to create a campaign movement to get Silverdome released. Yeah, and it's not even like like you know it needs to happen. It's not even that we need money. Like we we have money as a production to make this happen, but sure, um, it's just kind of getting people on the same page and and making it happen. So yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I, w- I would love to see it, man, for sure. Yeah. It's going to happen, man. It's yeah. going to happen. I appreciate it. Ted, it's not a bad thing to hope. I appreciate that, dude. That and we we <laughs> laugh, but that's like that's a really good word that I need from time to time. But I I want to and I realize we're going long on this app. And maybe we just oh, yeah. do maybe we just record one long app today. But like yeah, that's fine. There's there's more meat on the bone with this where I want to hope in the right things. Mm. And I'll meet guys from time to time, like middle-aged guys. And they're kind of weirdly, falsely enthusiastic and hopeful about like dumb crap, dude. Okay, so I, and again, this is probably part of being cynical. Yeah, yeah. It, it's probably my own sinful flesh. I'm not saying this is good. Yeah, but do the the super upbeat, ev- always happy, like people just drive you crazy. Oh, those guys annoy the crap out of me, and I want to. Because wanna, it's I like it's either. It's either like you're lying to me yeah. through your teeth or, or you're you lying have, to yourself. Or, or yeah, or that, or mm-hmm. you have actually never gone through anything hard in your life. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. Know? It's like, like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, know? it's weird. And I, I think my theory on this, and I'd love to hear your theory on what it is, is like they're just finding different shiny new things to like throw at the gaping maw of their heart. Oh, 100%, 100%. You know. 100%. And it yeah. I see that and I'm I'm filled with like the first wave is annoyance and the second wave is like pity. And yeah. the third wave is sort of like I don't want to be like that. I want to have a more right. I want to have my eyes open in terms of what the Lord's trying to do with me and to me. And I don't want to just take new things and keep throwing them at my heart because there's like, there's a world yeah. in which I could keep making dumb purchases or I could keep, it, there's something, and, and this is getting deep, maybe deeper, maybe people don't care, but I feel like you would care because you're a friend, but like, yeah, I care. <laughs> I think for me right now, it even feels gross to like try to get a new book deal because oh, getting sure. a new book deal would be the equivalent of like, I don't know. Nah, I'm not. I'm not going to make that analogy. But it, it would be a, a gratifying thing in the short term. But in in a real way, I would be just doing it because I could do it, and not doing it because I have mm. anything profound to say right now. And and yet, it's the move that kind of makes the most sense for a guy my age, and for sure. a guy who's had the career I've had. Like I could get another book deal. But I, I kind of don't want to because it kind of feels gross. You know what I mean? Like, like, like what, a, what, what about it? Do you think is what do you think about it causes that that reaction? Is it is it like having to? Is it almost like having to sell yourself? Yeah, it's having to sell myself, right? and it's the re, it's the knowledge that 
by and large, I would just be doing it for ego gratification reasons. Uh, you know sure. what I mean? I'd gotcha. be, I'd be yeah. doing it to like kind of stroke my ego in a certain way. And I don't want to do a book for that reason. I've done other books for that reason. I have. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy anymore. And I don't want to like, I have too much respect for writing to do that. Like I yeah. really do adore writing and reading good writing. Like yeah. I, I really yeah. have a high view of it, but I have a, I have a low view of the industry and especially sure. like our little corner of the industry and in Christian publishing and this isn't a subtweet of any particular person. It's just like I, I have kind of a low view of it in general. And I don't want to do it just to do it. I want to do it because the Lord's put something on my heart or in front of me that I feel like I have to address in print. And if that isn't the case, I don't want to just be out there scooping deals, you know? Sure. Sure. So, yeah. 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 It's an interesting thing, like looking because on one hand, you can over spiritualize it, right? And be yeah. like, like, well, you should only put hope in Christ because right. he's the only one who's going to satisfy that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yes, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yes, that's true. Yeah. Right. Um, but he has also given us things to which he shows his faithfulness through. Yeah. Right. So it's finding that weird balance between like ultimately at the back of the head, you're like, yes, everything, everything is filtered through like. Christ is ultimately the only thing that's going to satisfy. Sure. I understand that. Like sure. no matter no no matter how many shiny new footballs I have, it's yeah. not going to make me happy. Yeah. Right. But he does give us gifts. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. and he does give us things to enjoy. Yes. Absolutely. And things he that does. that and things that we can find joy in because because he gave them to us. Yeah. Right. Like like for me like like for me like it's. Music's a big one. Yeah, I love I love cooking. Like yeah. cooking's so much fun. Oh, um, that's outstanding. Yeah, you know, like I love I love creating things. I love honestly, I love podcasting. Yeah, it's like fun. because it it like it fits just this creative niche that I that I thrive on, where I can create the graphics and I can create yeah. you know uh, the intro music and yeah. create content and yeah. edit it all together yeah. and then and then I upload it. And it's a finished project that I that made. I made. Yeah, no, hundred you know percent. That's so cool. And yeah, I have so much respect for that. Like the and the way you articulated it is really good. And yeah, and and so we need to be the kind of guys who we're not deluding ourselves that like this is going to be the biggest podcast in the history of radio <laughs> or media or whatever. Uh, but yet, what? there are, seriously, it, it it really helps me actually to hear that there are articulatable reasons why you like to do it that give you joy regardless of how successful it is or isn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's helpful. That's a good thing. That's I think of the Lord, you know, um that that you're having that experience with it. Here's another one. I want to I want to bounce this off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another area where I struggle vis-a-vis hopefulness. And I'm getting better at like praying about this and like letting the Lord speak into it and having eyes and ears to like experience the good gifts that he's giving Christmas. So Christmas, we're going here. (laughs) Yeah. We're going here for a minute just because like the thing to do, and this has even become like an industry thing a little bit for Christians is to talk about Christmas, talk about, you know, throwing a bunch of experiential things at your heart 
in in the Christmas season in order to like deliver a certain feeling, right? And yeah. I would I would let me let me just first say I would love to do that. I wish there was a fake thing that I could throw at my heart that would deliver that feeling of like lightness and innocence and I'm my father's son again and I'm like a kid at Christmas. Right. But the kind of grinding realities of adult life make it make it a bit more elusive, right? It's it's a more elusive feeling for most of us than just put up a nice tree, make yourself a nice hot cocoa, take a picture, put it on Instagram. Like that doesn't work for most of us. And I, I guess I wonder where you're at with that. Dude, our tree still isn't decorated because we haven't had the energy to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, and and I don't know, I don't know what it is. Like, you can call me a Grinch, you can yeah. call me a Scrooge, whatever. But yeah, um, I just I don't get jazzed by it anymore. I know it. You know, and and it's not that I don't like. It's not that I don't have fond memories of it. That's it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I have nothing but fond nostalgic memories of you know my grandfather being like a kid and waking up yeah. at four in the morning and like knocking on our door like That's wanting to it, get man. coffee you know yeah. like like i've got just nothing but great memories of it but then yeah. but then like something hit right and i uh-huh. i think it's adulthood yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, and and it's just it, i find it very hard mm-hmm. to replicate those experiences and replicate those feelings yes without without the like without the the dread of knowing like all of this is manufactured mm, like yeah, like like yeah. you are just you are just creating for yourself a reality in order to feel something that you wish you still had yeah yeah. And 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 then and then that takes over and yeah. it leaves a sour taste because like well it's just fake uh, exactly you know like I can play exactly. all the Frank Sinatra or Bing Crosby I want yeah or get the tree or you know set set up the lights and I can do it but and again I might just I might just be super cynical Ted maybe this is mm-hmm. it but I just it feels like I'm just going through the motions I know it yeah you no know? I know it that and that's it's so well said and I think that's part and parcel with like adulthood right and. You know, it kind of gets better when you have kids and you're you're kind of getting to do the Christmas thing through them. But honestly, like my boys are getting older now. Tristan's a freshman in college. Maxim's a freshman in high school. So the Christmas thing is even a little different now for them. And yeah, I get it. Like I get what you're describing at a, at a very deep level. And um, doing things that are fake to deliver certain feelings... It's not a business that I want to be in long term. I don't want to be that guy, and and, it, and it's not sustainable. You know what I mean? Um, well, and like we know people that do that. Yes, we do. Right? Absolutely. And it's yeah. just going to leave them feeling. It's just going to leave them feeling empty. Well, yeah, and and like to me, you know? logically, if you unravel that ball of yarn and you and you stretch it out to the very very end, it's like, well, why don't you just do cocaine? Like, why why not just <laughs> snort a pile of coke? You know, like. <laughs> That's fake. That delivers a feeling. The feeling goes away. Yeah. Like it's the same pathology, right? right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's got to be a better answer than that. And there's got to be a better way to do it than that. And I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm wrestling with. That's what I'm looking for. But dude, this has been like an extremely gratifying conversation. <laughs> like we haven't <laughs> We yeah we went more than an inch deep on this one and we yeah. haven't done a lot of hahas but it's fine like the the, yeah. the show serves us and the discussions serve us and yeah. yeah 
like I only have, I have one request and I have one last Steve Entman thing. Okay, um, all right. Just all to right, honor yeah. him further. Like when yes. I got to college and I got a chance to like pick my number, I picked his number. Like I took number 90 yeah. in college number just 90. as an homage to, to Steve Entman. So if he's listening, he, he could feel good about that. And, yeah. um, and the request is like, Put his name somewhere in the episode in hopes that like maybe he listens. I don't oh know. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And if Plenty he does, he's gonna get a he's gonna get an hour on like feelings and hopefulness and dreams <laughs> yeah. and maybe it'll he's help gonna, him. Who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna get halfway through and it's gonna be like this podcast turned into something way different. This isn't about me anymore. This isn't about <laughs> the 1994 Colts anymore. You know. Um, but maybe he'll oh, maybe he'll man. keep listening. Who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. has been this has been a blast, my friend. I've, I've yeah, very very introspective. Yeah. very introspective. But you know what? That's okay. Next step. You know what? We promise our listeners, yeah. and I'll promise Ted too. Next step will be more a lot more fun. You know what though? Like in, you know, in, in all honesty and seriousness, like this that wasn't the mood that we were in. Like as soon as we got no. on the call, no, it wasn't. we were in this kind of mood. You know, yeah, um, it's true. So this it's is true. what it needed to be, and I'm I'm yeah. glad this is what it was. Because if we had tried to have fun, it would have been manufactured, Ted. Yeah, it would have been fake. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been as good. Exactly. And all of this, all of this, I think, real good convos wouldn't have happened. I agree. I yeah, agree. There we 100%. go. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what you can do. If you appreciate Ted and I's musings over <laughs> life and culture and sports and whatever else we feel like talking about, you can leave us a five-star review. We appreciate those five-star reviews, and we, we do. do not appreciate anything less than five-star reviews <laughs> because they're unacceptable. That's right. Uh, leave us a little like and a comment on all the socials. We are at Cluckcast mm. everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us a message. Uh, let us know what you like about the podcast. Submit questions, oh. topics. I like um, that, Joshua. You know, I, I do. Yeah. That's a nice yeah. a nice call. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We, we like This podcast is for Ted and I, but we want to serve you. We want to serve 100%. our people. We want 100%. to serve our listeners. So so submit to us anything you want us to talk about, any uh, questions or comments, things that you like, things you don't like, whatever you want. Um, to be fair, I'm the only one that reads them. But if That's there's true. a super spicy one, I'll take a screenshot and send it to Ted. Because <laughs> I've never done that before. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ted, any last words before we get out of here, my man? Nah, man. Just thanks for doing this. And thanks for the, the candor and the quality of the conversation. Like, really, all I'm looking for in my life is a good talk, a good conversation. It's you a know? good talk. And uh, this, this delivered uh, that in drove. So I appreciate it. There we go. There we go. Well, we thank you all for listening. We will catch you on the next episode of Cluck. Later. Later.